listening to Over the Oxford podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. Well, today I'm delighted to welcome a very special lady, Chantelle Jennison of Double Clear NLP. And Chantelle works with equestrians, especially busy equestrians who want to get more enjoyment from their horse. And Chantelle has lots and lots of skills. She uses a blended approach to combine mindset and energy skills. So she uses things like her master NLP practitioner skills, timeline therapy, creating your future, hypnotherapy, Reiki, and she also leads meditation classes. So welcome, Chantelle. I'm so pleased that you you found some time to come and talk to us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. A pleasure to join such a fantastic podcast, I have to say. Oh, thank you so much. So tell us tell us about your journey. How did you very first get into horses? Okay, so it is just coming up for about 12 years now that we started to look after my partner's horse. She'd had a pony and she decided she wanted to do more. And (laughs) directed by said teenage girl, we bought our Gelderlander Dippy. So she was 14 at the time and I'd never been near a horse in my life. And he's big and he's grey and he's got a very high opinion of himself. So we chipped in as best we could, you know, helping out with chores, learning how to muck out, learning how to hang a hay net and all of the, you know, completely naively helping out wherever I could. And we grew to love him. I started going out and watching her at competitions and she looked amazing through my very blinkered eyes. And we, myself and my partner, thought it would be good fun to go and have a lesson. And and that was kind of it, really. We started to help out more. And as she hit sixth form, that became an everyday thing. It then grew into an every morning thing. And then it became a permanent thing. And at that point, we'd been having regular lessons. And an opportunity came up for me to have a horse of my own. So that's kind of where it started, really. So you weren't drawn as a child to horses or anything like that? You came into it as an adult? Yeah, never never even sat on a horse. Don't even know if I went on a Skegness donkey. (laughs) Brilliant. In fact, I can can clearly remember as a child going to a, what must have been an activity farm visit, you know, a school trip. And, and attempting to feed the horses with a grasped hand of grass. And, mm-hmm. and it, what to me felt like it tried to take my hand off, which of course it didn't. It, it didn't at all. But that's my only recollection of being anywhere near horses. So when she first came to visit us on her then pony, before we had said Gelderlander, she appeared on the drive one day to thank me for she'd entered some competitions at the local show and I'd given her some money for the classes and (laughs) what looked like a monster 
was on the drive staring at me. And, and I got this feeling that it was looking at me and saying, you're scared, aren't you? And I was like thinking, oh, I really am. <laughs> but you got bitten by the bug in spite and, of all of that. Yes. Yeah. In spite of all of that, she, you know, quite shortly, we, you know, she had, she got dippy and yeah, learned how to, you know, it would appear quite oddly now, but the time it seemed very strange, but perhaps from where I'm sitting today, it seems quite obvious that Dippy would, I could go and catch him when nobody else could. He would come in for me, but but not for anybody else, which was kind of bizarre, which, I, you know, I still, you know, now I, I look back at it and think, hmm, but how did that happen then? So, yes, it became just spread from there really so that that being able to catch him when nobody else could then would you say now from where you're sitting now that that's to do with your energy and the you know the intention that you put out I would say so I'm getting more and it's becoming more acutely aware these past few years, particularly since lockdown, that that is, you know, the space to be quiet and the stillness that we all quite enjoyed during lockdown was quite a revelation for me and that my energy and the subtle things that I started to became become aware of really, it, it just became, it sort of hit me one in the face, really. So it, it, all the dots started to, you know, join up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it stemmed from there. Brilliant. So you do a lot of work with mindset and equestrians, don't you, and non-equestrians as yes. well. Yeah. How, how did you get into mindset then? Was it more for yourself or were you wanting to be a coach? Originally, so the first horse that I had that was my own, <clears throat> We weren't the right combination. You know, she she was she was beautiful. Oh, she was she was a beautiful Irish sports horse standing at 16 too. But she needed a competent rider. And and I didn't was not fully aware of that at the time that she needed somebody with far more skill and capabilities than than I had to offer at, at that point. So my my confidence was completely crushed. You know, so I'm starting out as a beginner rider and the first horse I have had it for two over two years before finally saying, you know what, I'm I'm done. This is it. This is the end of the road for me. I've given it a go and and no more. So off she, you know, we parted company and we'd still got the big grey dippy. This, you know, we we still have him now, I have to say. And my partner's like, oh, I've, I've seen this horse. It's a confidence giver. And I was like, oh, no, no, just no. And then we read up about it. And I, again, I can remember sitting at my computer screen, looking at the description for this horse and looking up at the heavens and just sort of putting my hands up, up and say, look, you know, Actually, God, if you are going to, if, if if it is for me to have a horse, please send me a good one. <laughs> a good one, and and we went and looked at him, or, or rather, my partner said, "I'm not looking at any more horses. You could go on your own and make your own decision." So off I potter on my own, 
to look at this horse. And and he was just lovely, just really genuinely lovely, extremely forward, I have to say. He rode much faster, much more forward than the 16-2, and he stands at 15 hands. So took my trainer along, and she's like, if you don't buy him, I will. <laughs> Brilliant. So I tried, you know, I had to really, really push my my confidence. You know, I had to go and do all of the things that I'd you know, I'd never cantered across a field. I was too scared to do it. I'd, I'd never even tried with the old horse because there was just nothing, you know, we weren't right for each other. And I had to really push myself to have a go at all of the things that I knew I, I needed to have to check. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was brilliant. And I've got him now, and it's Derry, and it, and Derry is my, you know, he's my pal, he's my best friend. But within a few, within a couple of months of owning him, I'd already fallen off. We'd had a little jaunt out in the air ambulance. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah, but no, fortunately, nothing was broken. I didn't. I, there was no serious lasting damage. But I realised that my confident, you know, lack of my fears from the old horse, I was in my head at that time, I was ruining this horse who was a gem and I needed to do something about it. And that's where the NLP came in. Because I'd tentatively been studying NLP and EFT and all of those cat hypnotherapy, I'd been sort of reading along about them for a long, long time. And, and it was actually when a course or a night, I think you did a class one night, but can we name drop? Oh, I think but so. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Equifilatis. Yeah. And as soon as I saw this, I thought, Do you know what, that is exactly the thing I need. And I knew straight away that it would be the thing that I would need. And I came along to the evening session and and it it was an instant, you know, we did you did a technique and it was instant and it and it changed an awful lot for me at that point. So much so that I knew then that you'd got another course that you were running for riders. I joined that course, I did that course and thought, you know what? Then you were you'd got practitioners coming up, and as and there's they could say the rest is history. Absolutely, you flow through all the certifications. <laughs> transformed my riding. Brilliant. Absolutely, without a doubt, it transformed every aspect of my riding. Yeah, and from that point on, I came away from the training thinking. Wow. I went into the training thinking, well, if this does nothing more than transforms my own riding, then it's well worth every single penny. And I came out of the training thinking, gosh, this is amazing. Perhaps I could help other people. (laughs) And that's kind of where it all started. Fabulous. And since then, obviously, you have you still do a lot of the mindset work, you do a lot of the therapeutic work as well. But you have moved 
kind of subtly, but it's been a natural progression into Reiki and energy work. Tell us yeah. a little bit about that. How how did that come about? I think again, because for me, lockdown, as I say, lockdown was the, you know, we all stopped mm. completely. On the 31st of March, we stopped and we all had the chance to breathe. And, and it was during that time that I started to, I'd, I'd already started my meditation groups prior, simply because, I, again, I'd have this message from somewhere to say meditation that's run a meditation class it will really help people and that and was the so, riders, wasn't it that was a meditation class for yeah. equestrians yeah yeah it's it all specific yeah so it has always been specific for riders and that went quite well but then of course with lockdown we, we stopped doing anything together couldn't figure out in my head at that time how possibly to run a meditation group online because <laughs> online wasn't as online as it is now and, and just came to a stop really continued my own private practice which I still do and it, I started to notice also it's a bit random. Started to notice the other horses on the yard. This was on a big yard, and started to, I don't know, hear them. And I started to feel other people's energy, mm-hmm. not always welcome. And sometimes it felt like a bombardment. I had to learn how to ground myself, I had to learn how to create a bubble for myself and to turn down the volume of what was coming at me so I could really pay attention to the things that I needed to pay attention to and and let go of the you know other conversations that I could hear particularly from the horses because of course you know horses may want your help but you you have to have permission of the owner for that yeah. So just honed it in with myself and Derry. I guess with that, that then opened the door to doing Reiki. I had a Derry had had a couple of problems, and I had reached out to an equine communicator, and and it was in this we had like a joint session where we could both have Reiki and I was really I was really concerned because I thought Debbie had injured himself in a way that I, I couldn't see yeah and and she let me know that he was absolutely fine and he was happy and comfortable which he told me some other very very funny things as well but um, <laughs> it really did help me build a greater connection to him Right. Um, And it felt like a real acceleration. So Mm -hmm. during lockdown and and as continued, I felt that my partnership with him has been accelerated. And so I did my first, because Reiki again comes in two parts. You have your first part where you can practice on yourself and family. And even from that point on, 
the big grey that I've mentioned, Dippy, who was very, very highly opinionated of himself, I have to say. He'd gone from being the horse that I could just admire mm-hmm. and, ha- and catch yeah. and, and clip at a very long range and a very long distance away. But from the point at which I did my first level of Reiki, he warmed to me in a, in a really, like quite a big switch. Oh, and, and I thought that's quite unusual because he doesn't at, at this point he was like he doesn't make friends you know he's he's not a he was very much a horse of saying sort of get away from me I want to stay away from me but he allowed me in which I found quite interesting my own horse I obviously started to apply my own energy and test it and, and yeah, see what yeah. would happen to test this intuitive feeling and see, you know, where it would get me or, or what kind of things would I discover. With my riding, it became much more, the word that sprang to mind was romantic. It became like a real sort of joined hand-in-hand experience and it resolved a couple of riding issues that I'd got it I think it allowed me to deepen my seat it allowed me to work more with my seat which from a beginner's what I'm understanding if you you know we were all leg and hands but it allowed me to become more subtle and really get a feel for him and listening to him which of course has been fantastic and Debbie loves it too. <laughs> I've been able to sort of calm him in situations where he might get, you know, because horses do get nervous from time to time, don't they? And yeah, yeah. for him to really look more to me, I mean, I'm guessing he's going to. I've had him nearly eight years now. So it's, it's you know, it's been a while. But even so, it's still on a, a much more... Mm, a wonderful level it's just so I don't know I imagine that all horse riders get this type of relationship but I do understand they don't mm. so I find that quite fascinating and it's really nice to see people gain a deeper relationship with the horse when they experience things like Reiki or if they have you know Reiki just to receive Reiki themselves helps an awful lot with tension and nerves and and things like that so it's you know it's been one of my yeah more finer skills that I think I've added to everything that I do yeah I love the fact that you know I'd always thought about Reiki as being very calming very soothing possibly quite nice for a physical ache or pain that kind of thing and what surprised me when you started working with Reiki was that your riding changed I Mm. wasn't expecting that I was expecting the horse's attitude and maybe your partnership in terms of knowing one another to change but the Mm. physicality of the riding I didn't expect I don't know why but I just didn't think about that having that knock on it. I mean, what what a fabulous bonus that must yeah. be. And I really, it was not expected. I, I wasn't expecting it. It was just, again, it was an intuitive insight that I got to say, right, add Reiki 
I don't know, it, it came to me one day that I should add Reiki uh, to, to what I do. And then obviously if I wanted to use it as part of my practice, I had to then go on and do the next level. I find it's a beautiful blend to blend the Reiki with timeline techniques. Um, the two things work so really, really nicely together uh, and can gain some really, really nice results particularly in amongst the dressage riders I mean at the moment I've only really sort of put it out as beta test as a you know as a as a as a full-on practice and the feedback that I've gotten has been really quite quite nice. So what do you do as you do as part of a package where you can work on the emotions I, I take it with the timeline therapy yeah and then you work on the the energy level and maybe the busyness and things like that that people have yeah. in daily life. Yeah, you find out. I think with the Reiki, it really helps to. You know, we know with timeline therapy, it allows us to uncover and and bring to a balance lots of our emotions, and the Reiki I find helps to heal that. And give it a like a a gold seal of peace. Oh, beautiful. almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it it really does. You know, find I find it quite settling. Or the feedback that I've gotten is that it's quite a settling experience. So that's you know the majority of the feedback that I've gotten really, and they've, they've said that it has helped them. They found that they are a calmer. Their relationship, you know, that two-way conversation is much more, I keep wanting to say romantic because it's like Mm -hmm. a hand in hand, that there's much much more love and and the communication has had all that busyness and fuzz that sometimes we humans can bring, you know, into the day-to-day because we bring all of our, everything that's going on with us. But I found that with the Reiki, it seems to have like calmed it, you know, made that yeah, I can made it into a nice, peaceful, open communication. Mm. It's like a spa for the mind. Yeah. <laughs> like a spa day, but for your mind. Sounds great. Yeah. So what kind of riders do you think would benefit from the, the Reiki and the timeline work? Any any is it anybody or is it a particular type of rider? Well, I think. I would say probably anybody, anybody that's interested in building that intimate relationship. And we need that in whatever we're doing. If we, you know, so if if we're hacking, for instance, and, and we've been remotely nervous, to find that space where we can be calmer or to have had a lot of those tensions relieved or eased makes for a much more enjoyable hack and if that communication has become clearer with each another then the you know the, I don't say the spooky behavior but the the anticipation is a lot lower and I think with the dressage riders more importantly they're that's that intimate relationship 
is more it's such a lot you we need to be finer don't we no matter whether we're you know I've been speaking to sort of some of the 120 jumpers at the yard where I am one lady in particular she says it's I like it when we have that sort of the suggestion and the cue Mm -hmm. and the answer that comes like quite you know intimately and but very responsively and she says and I like that she says so to to explore that more and have that much more intuitive you know like that intuition kind of conversation it's the quiet conversation isn't it that's happening Mm -hmm. and anybody really that would like to be less nervous less tense you know to have have a capacity to be you know where their shoulders are unpeeled from their ears and and their hands and elbows and everything and you know all their backs don't hurt anymore because they've relieved the tension yeah. But in a really, it's in a such a subtle way. It's, I found it, you know, I still find it uniquely surprising just the types of things that people say. Lovely. And and if somebody wanted to have a session with you, let's say this, this package that you've been talking about, mm. can you do it over Zoom or does it have to be in person? How, how does it go? So you can actually do Reiki distance. Mm-hmm. I or I've always enjoyed working with people one to one and in person, but obviously I, you know, to be able to work with somebody in Ireland as one of my beta testers were, that's a little difficult. Yeah. So to have that, you know, you can do, you can do it at distance, which is absolutely fine, and you can set Reiki to be given at a time that's not immediate. Yeah. So, like, for instance, they can receive this when their head hits the pillow. Oh, right. Um, okay. Is, so it's when the head hits the pillow, not not at 10 o'clock, and if you're late at five past, it's too too bad. Yeah, yeah. But when <laughs> your head hits the pillow. So um, then you wake up feeling refreshed yeah. and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love uh, the, it. Yeah. The general feedback from that is that, yes, they had a very good night's sleep. And, and felt much more refreshed and ready for the next day. And that, I mean, that, just off the top of my head, that, that sounds great if they had planned to do a certain ride the next day. Yeah. That yeah. they're already yeah. set up for it and all you've got to do is go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that I sounds can, great. I, I can sort of see how you know with a lot of techniques within NLP and hypnotherapy how they knit together quite nicely with Reiki and how the you know the combination is there Um, and even as a standalone of course it's nice to it's nice to receive Reiki it's nice to give Reiki it's nice to share it Mm -hmm. Um, and that is one of the major parts of of Reiki is that they want it to be shared and they want it to be to have more people become attuned to it yeah and because we all have the capacity to do it it's it's a case of turning your attention mm-hmm. to being open or or being open I guess a bit like hypnotherapy we're open yeah. to the suggestion yeah. then we can gain <clears throat> much greater results 
that yeah. when we are open, you know, the more we give into it, the, yeah. the better yeah. the results will be. How often do people come to you for Reiki then? Is it, would it be a, a regular thing? Would you have to come monthly or weekly or, or doesn't it really matter? Does it depend on the person? Depends on the person. Depends yeah. on what where where they are with healing. Uh, it can be again. This is where I find where it works quite well with um, timeline techniques or NLP. <clears throat> is that there there is this shift? You know, if there's imbalances in the chakras, that the Reiki offers to give balance and healing. So sometimes that can give give rise to emotions that that need to be healed and healing them on the timelines great for that oh brilliant yeah yeah they they really do dovetail don't they all the techniques do i really do think they do yeah and it it, you know in any of our techniques within nlp any of the particularly in master practice it's more conversational yeah and you can help somebody really move and find a lot of healing and peace together so I do find it works and some people come once yeah and some people make it you know I come every few months yeah it it depends on the individual really and I guess the rewards or the insights that they gain from you know from having it so yeah really nice lovely Now, you were talking, you mentioned the word intention, and I've heard you talk about intention before, and I know you're big on intention. So can I just ask you more about intention and the power of intention? Because I know you've done a lot of reading, a lot of studies about it. It's not just something that you you kind of fancy doing, is it? There's quite a lot of energy and effort and so on behind it. So Can you tell me about the power of attention? What is it and how does it help us as riders? Okay. Well, I, I found, again, this is more part of my personal practice and leaning into the NLP again because we have we have our goal setting and our, you know, what do we want to achieve for the future? But the goals do actually, we have to be quite intentional yeah, we have to take the steps in order to achieve the outcome. Yeah, and if we want to achieve a, a de- you know a particularly desired outcome, to be intentional with that step, you know, or to have a strategic plan in place, and then intentionally, right? Okay, I I, I want to go to a competition. Let's say, yeah, um, uh, and where am I at at the moment with that? You know, where is my riding at at the moment with that? What competition do I plan to go to? And what do I need to have in place to be able to go to that competition? Where, what tweaks do I need to make in in my riding? Perhaps I need to start and have some lessons again. It could be the starting point. But we then set out the intention of, right, okay, so this is where I need to be. Well, at least if I'm planning to go to competition, maybe I ought to consider riding more. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so we can have our lofty, you know, from our lofty ideas, but we have to have a little plan in place and then action 
So be intentional with those steps. Even if it's today, I'm going to tuck up. You know, if your plan is to go on a hack and, you know, there's, there's something on this route that you you want to tackle, you have in your idea that you'd, you'd love to be able to tackle this problem because there's something else beyond there that is fun and you want to do, but there's this little problem in the middle. So we have to have actionable steps like a goal, but then we have to be intentional and practice it and not say, oh, yeah, well, I'll do it next week. Or, oh, it's raining today. And all of those ex- all of those yeah. reasons that we can come up with, but to say, actually, do you know what? This is my intention. My intention is that I'm going to go to that competition. You're right, go checked out the date. Horse is relatively okay. He's good. He's sound. He's happy. He's comfortable. From his point of view, yeah, it could be a goer. Right, what do I need to do? So, you know, I might need to go and practice. I might go and need to do an arena hire. But I've got to be intentional about that. Yeah. And in order you, to do it. Do you? This is a really hard question. <laughs> but <laughs> do you have any tips for riders who are maybe procrastinating a bit? And they've sort of got this intention, but it's a bit flaky it's a bit yeah. weak as far as intentions go. And you were saying before, you know, that you, you can't just kind of say, oh, it's not quite the right weather and I don't feel like it today and I've got a busy workload, you know, all of these things that we put in as obstacles. Then how do you how do you kind of get intention? How how do you get more motivated? Have you got any tips? I like to I'm, I am, and I guess NLP, this is this is some of the things that NLP has done for me specifically, is it has made me more intentional. It has made me more motivated. And if the sole motivation for me at the moment in time where I am with Derry is actually keeping Derry sound. We, we've had a couple of health issues over the past few years and is sound this year. So. I'm not at the point of planning to go to a competition, but I have got it there in my, in, it's in my sight. I, I, I yeah. think about it a lot. And, yeah. and I think to myself, right, okay, if that were to really be a thing, what do I need to have in place? And, and I do really want to go to a competition. I do, you know, I'm really motivated about it. So it's, you know, not that my motivation is low for that. Yeah. Do really want to go. But I know that there are, you know, I, I can't just happen to go winging a prayer it. Yeah. Because then yeah. it's not quite, I need to have, you know, I want to know that he's going to listen to me and how is he going to listen to me by, you know, this is by practising. And how do I practise? Well, that comes to riding more. <laughs> so wind it backwards and backwards and backwards until I get to like, well, you know, it's a nice day today. It, it's a good day to start. Yeah. And what I'm have to stop is I, you know, have to stop putting it off because yeah. I know that the how good it feels. Right. Okay. So if people concentrated on that, if instead of thinking about, oh, I've got to tack up and I've got to get my saddle out and I've got to do this, I've got to groom my horse, and and you start to think, oh, this long list of things that you've got to get ready and got to do, instead of thinking about that process. 
if you think about how you're going to feel when yeah yeah so I've really 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 enjoyed the journey that I'm on because I know that when we're I'm not going to say we're not always schooling yeah you know this there's schooling, there's preparing for a competition, and then there's just your general riding. I'm just going to get on today, and, and what am I going to? What am, what's the purpose of my ride today? Well, the purpose of my ride today is to to re-educate my horse in subtlety. Yeah. So will he actually move from the subtle movement of my leg? And I call it playing. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily schooling. You know, will he move over if I just move my leg a little bit? Will he will he, will he go backwards? You know, will we have some steps backwards? What do I need to do with my body? Well, I know to, in order to get Derry to move backwards, I need to have both legs with even pressure. I need to be nice and upright in my body, possibly just a subtle movement back in my body, and he will go backwards. And then I release my leg, give him a pat, and we try again. But that all takes a lot of setup. Yeah. So we'll go subtly and play around with it. And I found that in that playing is where we get quite good at our aids. Yeah, yeah. And that conversation gets really nice and, you know, quite sweet. Yeah. Whereas if I'm rushing along, it all gets all a bit awkward and and, and it doesn't quite work out right and, and we get a bit frustrated and, and then we get a bit annoyed and, and then we get off because we think we're a useless rider and we've rushed along too much and we've got too much busy things going on in our head. But to just come back to that piece and, you know, one-to-one, I guess it is. And that's that, lovely, isn't it? that really spurs me on. And, I, I, you know, for me personally, that it doesn't matter if I'm going to a competition or not. It's that sweetness of having that conversation happening and I I can literally leave everything else behind you know we can forget who might be on the outside of the arena or who else is in the arena or you know or even if you're out hacking yeah yeah I love that you call it playing doesn't isn't that a lovely shift away from schooling which is Hmm. I mean just reminds you of going to school doesn't it (laughs) you know and it's it's hard and it's going to be a painful process or something. But yeah. that playing, I love that. That's a really nice reframe. And yet and what you're doing, yeah. Yeah, play around, play around with, you know, when my instructor says to me, so well, what have you been doing this week then, Shanta? I thought, well, we've been playing around. <laughs> I've just been trying to see if I can get him to stop, you know, if I get, get him to come to a nice hold with my seat. Yeah. And we've been having a go, having a go is another thing, having a go at that. Having a go at can I get him to turn off the forehand? Can I get him to turn from the, you know, can I get him to do a shoulder? You know, if I just move my shoulders a little bit, will will he move with me? Oh, yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And bear in mind that Derry's an Irish cob. So (laughs) it's some fine, fancy, you know, horse. It's Derry's an Irish cob and never to be underestimated because he's, he's just so willing and he's so easy to. Now I know, possibly before lockdown, this this romance and this relationship wasn't quite the same. But now I've found now we've gotten quiet and we've we've gotten a lot more subtle. Again, again, which I think is down to the NLP and the Reiki. Yeah, has really opened that up for us. And yeah, 
but yeah, we do, we do, we do need to play a bit more. So I've been doing a lot of packing of late, and and uh, yeah, we don't get a chance to have that nice one to one. Lovely. So, have you got? It could be a, a mindset tip or a general tip or a, a tip about energy or meditation. Could be anything. Have you got one tip that you could give us for any aspect of our riding or riding confidence or, or anything at all? For me, I would say, you know that little voice in the back of your head that says you can do it? It's because it's true. You can do it. Once you've taken away, you know, have that, allow those other conversations of what other people say, what other people think, what other people are doing, and go with what's right for you. Oh, and if that if that's today, I'm going to spend the day grooming my horse because I want to be with them. Because it's it, you know, grooming. It has its purposes, doesn't it? But it's an intimate, you know, it's a chance to be really close, I think. And if today that's what you're going to do because it's going to make you feel good, then do that. Who yeah. cares what anybody, you know, it's not down to anybody else. Yeah. And if today you're going to sit, I'm just going to sit and become aware of how my horse feels. And, and if my horse is feeling tense or nervous or tired, what am I going to do about that? Yeah. How can I affect that? You know, how can I impact that with perhaps my myself? Do I need to come down a few levels? You know, if I'm tense, do I do I, you know, do I need to just lower myself down a little bit and allow then the horse to go yeah 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 lovely thank you so much that's been the time has absolutely flown that's been so fascinating to find out what you do in a little bit more detail now you have offered a fabulous discount for listeners of this podcast so 25% discount so how can people reach you? What's your website? What are your socials? So I am Double Clear NLP. You can find me. I have a website. You can just punch in Double Clear NLP and I pop up. You can find me on Facebook. I, I think it's Double Clear NLP and Coaching. And I am on Instagram as well. And unfortunately, I can't tell you how to find me on there because I'm very... <laughs> I think you're double clear NLP. I think you are double clear NLP. I think it's all one word, isn't it? Yeah. We'll find you there. And so they could just message you through your website or through socials. Yeah. Mention they've they've heard you on the podcast and they can really benefit from that lovely discount and have maybe this very special package of timeline work and Reiki. Maybe that would be what they were interested in, or maybe they're interested in something else, which would be super as well. Thanks ever so much. Have you got anything else that you would like to tell us or share with us before we close? I think maybe if we give ourselves that uh, permission. Yeah. Be the riders that we want to be and the riders that we know we can be. And perhaps, perhaps do find out 
from an NLP practitioner how to turn the volume down on the other conversations, then they can really focus on being the rider that they want to be. Oh, lovely. Lovely. That's what we all want. (laughs) Thank you ever so much, Chantelle. That has been wonderful to hear from you and everything that you do. And I hope that the Reiki goes really, really well. It sounds fabulous. I really love that. Okay. Take care. And I'll see you again very soon. Okay. Thank you, Tracy. Bye. Bye.